1: My name is Benjamin. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I really do appreciate it. We have a good one for you as always. Here's a little bit of what we got coming your way. <laughs> they just got them in their house last Friday. Yeah, they're gonna make the right? they right? They're gonna mix some orderly. Those to decide what the rules of the House to be for those two teams at least. Uh, they may have just the same type of problems that we see or uh, that we saw the last week, because no one's scared of McCarthy, and no one really wants to get anything when it comes to this vote. So that's a you know, kind of controversial thing to keep in mind with the drama. Participants in the financial world celebrating slowing wage growth and uh, unemployment, or unemployment growth in the uh, new jobs report as the American workforce continues to be assaulted I and time again. we will take a look at that. Also on the show today, we had a little bit of a January eighth style, like uh, uh, yesterday. Yesterday, so, we will bring you all of that. It's Newsflash right here. Uh, what a great place to be. So, thank you uh, so much for joining us as the clock strikes seven. Um, we will get into it. Um, yeah, so I do want to start today with, of course, the rules situation. Um, it really was kind of a remarkable situation last night, or sorry, not last night, but Friday night. Excuse me, um, where we saw a pr- huge, almost fight, some like fists. Um, it, it almost got pretty. It, it almost got pretty serious. Uh, I'm going to say that um, you saw Kevin McCarthy and this uh, really just being beat, uh, pr- pretty much abused and abused and abused time and time again by Matt Gaetz and Lauren Boebert. In uh, some of the stupidest people in Congress, if not the country, um, until, you know, he kind of came in on Friday night all confident and cocky right after our show. I was like, you know, he's really he's feeling his oats about this can really tell he's going to try and get in there um, and really pass it. And what do you know? You know, vote one goes right after our our, our last show on Friday. Go back and listen to it. Um, What do you know? Uh, it is the same exact situation that we saw for the, the previous, what, 13 votes at the time, where, you know, all the same people who I, I, I'm sure he thought were going to vote the way he wanted to just either voted present, either voted no, and it all came down. Um, you know, well, really, the first vote failed, and the second vote was kind of looking like it was going to go the same way. Um, there's an amazing image of Matt Roslindale. Uh, who is one of the last holdouts? This new Congressperson from Montana, um, I I think he's new, but he also has some sort of uh, state government or gubernatorial experience in some kind of way. Um, and he was very, very, you know, he, he was very clear um, because there was this really remarkable picture of Marjorie Taylor Greene, emblematic of the Republican Party, um, he, holding up a phone um, to him with the. With clearly D. T. Donald Trump on the line, um, and what did Roslindale do? He just said, "Talk to the hand, lady. I'm not. I'm not speaking to Trump. I'm. I'm doing what I want to do here." And he did. He. He. I believe voted present. And then, of course, it all came down to Matt Gates. And Matt Gates, after a you know a, a while, they waited till he was literally. He, he. I think he must have gone to the bathroom and waited for uh, the clerk or whatever it is to get to him. And if you hadn't, I'm sure you've seen the images. He essentially, he he comes out and says, or the video or whatever, he comes out and says present. Kevin McCarthy and all his his uh, entourage, his posse, so to speak, come over to him and kind of get get up in his face, say, "Dude, what are you doing? What like what's what are you playing at here?" Um, it's a, it's a very, you know, serious, uh, serious thing, a very, very serious situation. The, the, the words were exchanged, threats were made. Um, this guy, you know, who looks like, you know, some, he just, some, uh, just Kentucky fried chicken. I don't know. That was the first thought they came in. He just looked like a like Southern kind of cartoon character. He looked like orange. His hair was all quaffed in a really weird way. He looked like, give me that kind of Colonel Sanders type vibes. I don't even know why. Um, uh, but he did. And he, he he said something. He was, you know, I, I was, I'm sure you've seen the images. If you've listened to the show, you're probably into politics. Um, but, you know, he was obviously held back. And there was this really remarkable video that's going around that was a little bit less popular of this guy who I figured out was named Tim Burchett. He's a Republican in Tennessee. Um, and he is clearly, you know, he, he goes essentially whispers in Matt Gates ear. something that you know you can tell by his facial expressions did not make him very happy he goes out you know i mean, keep in mind guy this guy is under you know multiple sex crime investigations so um you know just anyone's guess as to what the blackmail might have been there um and he he goes out he goes out and does that and it is a pretty uh, pretty not pretty picture um to say the least um but it is um at least for Matt Gates as he changes his vote and he's seen kind of in the back just with his hands crossed, looking very very annoyed and very very unhappy um as Kevin McCarthy gets or uh, his hands or his his arms folded uh he's kind of seen in the back of the room while Kevin McCarthy makes his introductory speaker speech and now. Uh, The rules are coming up for a vote. So this is from the New York Times. Speaker Ken McCarthy was working on Monday to line up votes to pass a set of operating rules for the Republican-controlled House, racing to tamp down defections from rank-and-file members who have said he'd given too many concessions to the hard right in the desperate and drawn-out process of securing his job. So, yeah. Essentially, what's happening now is it seems that all the factions who, you know, kind of went down the line McCarthy – are getting a little pissed off by the fact that he gave so much away to the right, uh, you know, the Matt Gaetz's, Lauren Boberts of the world, to secure their votes, which he didn't even really end up doing. Um, yeah, so after you know, kind of giving a, a into a sweeping series of demands from the ultra conservative rebels who opposed him, that included allowing any single lawmaker to call a snap vote to oust him. Um, which apparently Nancy Pelosi was the first one took out. Apparently that was just a common rule. Uh, But the struggle underscored how difficult it would be for him to corral his narrow majority. On Monday, he was already confronting the first challenge, uncertain whether he would have the votes, even to approve the rules that allowed allowed the House to begin legislative business. So Friday night, last order of business, Monday uh, uh, was him getting sworn in, and I think they swore swore in on the members on the spot. And... They now have to obviously pass these uh, operating rules. Um, The measure scheduled for a vote on Monday included the so-called Holman Rule, which allows lawmakers to use spending bills to defund specific programs and fire federal officials or reduce their pay, um, opening up spending bills to unlimited amendments and paving the way for the creation of a new select subcommittee um, under the Judiciary Committee focused on the weaponization of the federal government. I don't know what that's exactly all about. I think, you know, New York Times is probably could be the best person to, you know, the best people to really fully get into it. I've heard, you know, on uh, online, I've seen some talk on the right about like, a new church committee, which, you know, in today's day and age, you know, the church committee in and of itself, for those of who may not know, was kind of the, um, the committee that formed by Congress that did kind of a pr- relatively poor job investigating some of the abuses of the intelligence agencies back in the 1970s. Um, they, you know, if, 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 if church committee was lackluster back then, who knows what they're going to try and want to go after with Kevin McCarthy and, you know, the house Republicans at the helm, that's going to be an interesting, interesting situation. Um, Yeah, so taking together rules would increase transparency around how legislation is put together, but they could also make it difficult for the House to carry out even its most basic duties in the next two years, such as funding the government, including the military, or avoiding a catastrophic federal debt default. So, yeah, it it seems to be kind of two goals here, essentially from the kind of the rank and file Republicans who really wanted all these concessions from McCarthy. Um, One of them was being pretty much as annoying as possible when it comes to... Um, when it comes to slowing down the you know the processes of the government for the most possible input from members, you know more. I think they got more time to read the bills. Um, you know, put on any amendments that you want. Um, that that kind of benefits the average member, not the speaker, who you know pretty much by all, by all accounts, Nancy Pelosi did not want to mess around with you know hanging out all day putting in amendments and various things. She wanted to go home and eat her very expensive ice cream. Uh, but now Kevin McCarthy has kind of been forced into doing this and make these concessions and the other kind of focus of these concessions seems to be, you know, quote unquote fiscal conservatism, which means defunding everything the government has to offer, including the military, which could be interesting, um, McCarthy's team was working on Monday afternoon to address concerns about, uh, from more moderate Republicans uh, about the terms the Speaker had negotiated, many of which were becoming fully known only in the hours before the scheduled vote. Vote. Uh, it underscored the precarious balance that McCarthy must strike to appease a group of far right, uh, appease the far right, while maintaining the backing of a much larger group of more mainstream conservatives to pass any legislation on the House floor. Um we're still fighting through it all today, said Chip Roy, uh, Republican of Texas and one of the far right lawmakers who helped put together the legislation, told Glenn Beck, the conservative radio host, suggesting the package of concessions and rule changes was still not final. Um... So the concessions enumerated in the legislation that Republican leadership hoped to pass on Monday included measures that conservatives sought for years in efforts to increase transparency, such as requiring lawmakers to read the text of the bills 72 hours before a vote, but then proxy voting procedure instituted by Democrats during the coronavirus pandemic, and it would include stipulations that legislation must address a single subject in an attempt to discourage the introduction of sprawling legislation that mashes together numerous pieces of unrelated bills. So I think, you know, that's, a, that's something I think that couldn't, you know, could be used for bad, and you know it could be negative, could be positive, just depending on obviously you know how it's used. Um, you know, it could. It sometimes it's more efficient to just kind of jam everything together in a very partisan, gridlocked house. Um, but sometimes it's you know, sometimes it's, it is kind of uh, sometimes a little unhelpful, or you know, not not beneficial. It's helpful to some people, just not beneficial to the overall. To the country, um, it just in the but with the strategy of just you know just smashing all these bills together and kind of just seeing what sticks. Um, one ro- moderate lawmaker, Representative Tony Gonzalez, said he would publicly oppose the legislation. It was unclear if more were planning to do the same. Republicans leaders Republican leaders can't afford to lose no more than four votes if all Democrats oppose the package, as expected. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of follow what the situation is, what, what the votes are, and how it's all shaping out, and what the rules for the new house will be, especially if they approach that debt-limit fights. It's the Spencer Walls Radio <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are seeing a bit of a disturbing situation. We take shape in the uh, financial services industry. And Ken Clipson has an interesting story about this. Um, so the, the drops in both new jobs and wage growth contained... In a Department of Labor um, Department of Labor report released on Friday, elicited cheers from the financial world. So, uh, yeah, people are getting less economy uh, development, less growth, less stability for people. That is a cheer uh, for people like Neil Irwin, Axios chief economic correspondent, who said, "Quote: This is a really terrific jobs report." in lots of subtle ways. Uh, He said the job growth is already soft landing-ish. Polite econ speak for saying growth is decreasing steadily. So, you know, Jerome Powell's um, work, shall we say, that's one one way of putting it, um, has been working. Um, And we had this actually very interesting situation way. This kind of moment that, you know, we... Many respectable people, you know, I've been talking about this on the show for a while. And many, 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 many respectable people have tried to tell me and come out and say, oh, this stuff, this stuff will never happen. What are you talking about? Like, come on. The Larry Summers um, and the Federal Reserve, they're just trying to do their best to stop inflation. Um, And inflation is, you know seems to be relatively, you know, on for for the past, I don't know, year or year and a half they've been trying this and inflation seems to be literally unperturbed in any way by any of this stuff, but that's it. still is not stopping them from going full steam ahead on this um, and they, it, you know, it may be that something else, aka the labor market, which is too pro worker may be the problem that that may be what's motivating them see if you can get that impression from this man right here reporting from a little island in the caribbean you know is it little st james i'll leave that up to you to decide
0: in a different way about the fed in the last couple of months than i had been before and that's because for whatever reason they have come around to views quite close to mine they think inflation is the primary concern. They explicitly recognize that there's going to need to be increases in unemployment.
1: Oh, yeah, wow. They they came around to be, larry Summers is surprised that um, they—that um, they, that the Federal Reserve is agreeing with him. Like, I mean, can, this is just so—I mean, I, I really hope, like, kind of people see um, what is going on here because this is just someone who is— by. You know, by any metric at the top of, you know, the chain of command in terms of who makes decisions, who whose voice is respected about the economy. Um, You know, he's, you know, former Federal Reserve chair um, or not. Sorry, not former former secretary of the Treasury for Clinton um, and director of the NEC National Economic. Still very, very powerful force for Obama uh, was key in shaping the kind of uh, pro market response of Obama to the 2008 financial crisis. And, you know, uh, president, a uh, Charles W. Elliott University professor and president emeritus at Harvard, a uh, former president at Harvard. So just someone who is just by literally, you know, at the commanding heights of the economy reporting from his island, you know, maybe not Epstein's island. Maybe it is. Maybe he just has a little condo there because he was a very, very frequent visitor, frequent flyer on the Lolita Express. Um, i think it's always worth you know talking about these people when we talk about these people is i think it's always worth talking about the, some of their uh lesser known proclivities that i think really inform who they are as people um, but yeah so it's like oh shocker they explicitly recognize there's going to be need to need to be increases in unemployment to contain inflation so what he's saying is the labor market that you have been enjoying now, if you you know you're feeling more secure in your job, feeling more kind of like comfortable in your job um you know have you noticed that meanwhile that gas prices are still relatively high, even though the price of oil is literally below where it was right now before the start of the ukraine war this is these are you know all things that have started to kind of dynamics that have been in play for quite a bit, but you know the Federal reserve looks at the fact that there is record, record corporate price gouging, especially in the wake of the war, and especially in the wake of this kind of inflationary culture that these very same people have created to say, hey, you know what? We need to drive down your wages. We need to drive down your power in the workplace. We need to make it so that you working class people, you little people are out in the streets looking for jobs. Um, you know, and if you lose a job, you'll have a you know, a tough time finding one, and that is going to be a very, very big, big problem uh, for for a lot of people, and it's going to cause mass, mass um, uh, economic decline, and it's going to further, further push wealth up towards the top. So, you know, it's you you make your own opinions about uh, you know Larry Summers' personal character, but I think this is a very, very important thing to listen to what he's saying here.
0: To contain uh, inflation, they recognize the salience of labor market developments as a kind of super core measure of inflation. They're showing awareness. Yeah, so the idea that
1: the, the idea that inflation is being caused by you getting a raise—that that you are the problem, you out there who's making who's kind of working a relatively low level job—that is what they are saying to you, and they're going to they're gonna couch it out in a billion different things, like. Uh, frankly, you know the people like Larry Summers, and speaking in this way and appearing in this way, literally on his own private island, they're not going to be allowed near normal people. It's going to be a much better message. It's going to be the politicians who are going to come in and say, "We had to do this for inflation." Um, and he's literally saying that labor market is the problem, is the driver of inflation. Not missing words here.
0: Of. Um. The fact that the neutral interest rate is a real interest rate concept, rather than a uh, nominal uh, interest rate uh, concept, they're recognizing that the trade-off is not between unemployment and inflation, but between unemployment and the level of entrenched uh, in uh, inflation. These are The kinds of points that I've been stressing on your show uh, for the past uh, 18 months.
1: Yeah, they've been begging. They've been begging. Um, Literally, they have been begging for this to happen. They have been begging for the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve because, you know, their mandate is to keep the economy running and it's to keep the economy running for these people. That is what they're doing. That is what their that's what their job is. That's what they're there for, and they're doing that job brilliantly, brilliantly. Um, this looks like the right right direction of travel regarding jobs. New York Times e- economic reporter Jenna Smilek said on on Twitter about a chart depicting a steady decline in jobs. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is what we love to see. Great, go- great job, guys. Keep it up. Um, but it's probably not as much of a slowdown as the Fed wants yet. Smiley Hedge, adding that Federal Reserve Chair Powell, is looking for notable cooling in wages. The dip in wage growth depicted in the jobs report was apparently not steep enough. He is saying, uh, they're openly saying this, um, that they want you to suffer more. Like they're saying, you know, where we are now, that's not enough. The, we're we're going to keep pushing this button, keep pushing this button again and again and again until we get the stagflation and huge economic downturn and huge breaking of any kind of labor power that took place in the Carter administration and you know, under Paul Volcker. Um, others re- reacted uh, the, to the news with even less re- restrained enthusiasm. Wage growth slowed, slowed a lot tweeted Harvard economics professor Jason Furman declaring that it represented the best reason for hope on moderating inflation. Even President Joe Biden welcomed the news, saying that this moderation in job growth is appropriate after acknowledging the... Average monthly job gains have come down from over 600,000 a month at the end of last year to closer to 200,000 a month. Last year, amid the economic recovery following the dips of the pandemic, the central bankers of the U.S. Federal Reserve launched a campaign uh, of some of the steepest interest rate hikes in years in an attempt to tamp down inflation. By making money more expensive to borrow, rate hikes can reduce inflation by slowing down the economy and driving up unemployment. While higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will bring some pain, some pain, to households and businesses. These are unfortunate costs of reducing inflation, said Jerome Powell behind his uh, forked tongue. Not all experts agree. Some argue that the medicine... Of rate hikes and their attendant cost to workers, including higher unemployment and lower wages, can be worse than the inflationary disease. Other dissenting experts say the primary causes of inflation—a pandemic, supply chain crisis, corporate concentration, the um, uh, uh, climate crisis, straining agriculture—you know—those aren't addressed by tighter monetary policy and the pandemic-related inflation. Um, that was always going to be transitory. Um, you know, these are we can see these problems of inflation and it's not the fact that the average American has too much money to spend. That's essentially what they're saying because of how good the job market is, because of you know the zero interest rate environment. You know, you guys have had it too good for too long. There's too much money in your pockets. And that is what is driving up prices. All the stories that we see about, you know, big oil, all the stories that we see about you know massive problems with supply chains and agricultural systems and the war in Ukraine. And how that's being taken advantage of by these big corporations, all that stuff has been systematically ignored because those same people are the ones profit. The same people who are profiting off those these these big advancements are the same ones celebrating today. Um, and also, by the way, the same ones who have complete control over the economy. Um, Senator Elizabeth Warren has warned the Fed's rates hikes risk triggering a devastating recession. Uh, Warren's assessment was echoed by the Fed's own research, which this summer warned that, uh, in a past example, aggressive rate hikes and rapid succession resulted to the, in the Depression of 1920. The UN has called the, called on the Fed to stop its rate hikes, warning that it risks a global recession. Um, that was the UN, also backed up by the International Monetary Fund and a World Bank paper. Um, yeah, so yeah, you've got the IMF World Bank and and the UN all calling out the United States on this. I think that's you know worth worth taking attention to. Rate hikes can be effect, an effective tool against inflation, depending on its causes, but it's far from the only one. The incurren, uh, inflation currently besetting the U.S. is driven by forces beyond the control of the Fed, like supply chain problems and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Also, rampant corporate profiteering, uh, uh, which Elizabeth Warren interestingly left out. Um, economist Thomas Ferguson identified uh, some of the causes, as well as, as the same causes, as well as another one: extreme weather events resulting from climate change. Instead of rate hikes, Warren suggested several other ways to bring down inflation, uh, including fi- fighting corporate price gouging with aggressive antitrust policies, bringing more parents in the workforce by subsidizing childcare, strengthening supply chains by uh, ending tax breaks for corporations that offshore jobs, and bringing down drug prices by allowing Medicare to negotiate with them. As with any illness, the right medicine starts with the right diagnosis, Warren has said. Unfortunately, the Fed has seized on an aggressive rate hike uh, policy a big dose of the only medicine at its disposal, even though they are largely ineffective against many of the underlying causes of the inflationary spike. So if you look at inflation, U.S. inflation over the last over the year of 2022, um, it's pretty much, you know, uh, from January twenty twenty to November twenty two, it's pretty much you know steadily gone up, um, and it's only just started to go down, um, recently. It's up to you know kind of November twenty two. It's at around like seven percent, um, and yeah. So and that's you know also is very attributable attributable I think to a bunch of other things. Look at the inflation rate; it peaked. In around August, it's already coming down, and we saw, you know, the inflation rate consistently coming down. Um, sorry, in June it, it peaked. Uh, June of this uh, past year, 2022, it peaked at 9.1. After that, it went down to 8.5, and has continued to drop, actually quite, quite a, um, quite swiftly. But I think the thing is that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for okay. Once once inflation hits like three to five percent, we'll be back to normal. Um, no, that is not that is not what they're going to look for. They're going to look for a uh, a different number, which is the amount of uh, the, the the nature of wage growth, growth, the nature of new jobs, and the nature uh, the nature of the unemployment situation. Because the labor market, not necessarily unemployment, not not necessarily doing what's best for households is the end of the day what they are worried about um in a press release announcing further rate hikes last month the fed specified the inflation rate it was aiming for two percent but in terms of uh employment only vaguely claimed to seek the maximum um in contrast to the 2% figure, the president of the New York Fed recently said unemployment could reach 5% this year, representing millions of people losing their jobs. Despite the Fed's famous mandate to pursue both the highest employment and lowest inflation possible, their priority seems obvious. I wonder why. Inflation has been steadily falling um, j- since July, booing hopes that the pain to households uh, Powell warned about might subside. For now, though, it appears that the Fed's aggressive war on inflation is just beginning, despite growing warnings that it could trigger a recession. So as you know, inflation continues to fall, um, the Fed will continue to pat itself on the back as more and more Americans head to the unemployment lines. Definitely a story to watch, and something we'll continue to watch in the future. My name is Spencer Walsh. This is the Spencer Walsh Radio Network, and if you're listening to one of our podcasts, whether it's Newsflash, Hidden History, The Spencer Walsh Show, or something else, ladies and gentlemen we have one simple request of you please be sure to rate us subscribe to us if you like us and leave us a comment because just like all of you sometimes we need that feedback in our lives good or bad we want to hear what you have to say so please do those steps make swr and content better and thank you so much for listening All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get now to our last big story over here. Um, and, you know, we do get we do like a very interesting, you know, general mix, I would say, you know, international, economic and, uh, you know, Washington story. So let's get to our international story at the moment. A pretty crazy situation yesterday after obviously we talked about the swearing of Lula, the, the re-swearing in of or not swearing in. I guess it was re-swearing in for his third term, I believe of lula da silva um it was a pretty crazy situation happened yesterday where all these bolsonaristas while bolsonaro was in florida this is obviously the opposition president uh from the right they stormed the capitol building they stormed the uh congressional building um and he this is some of the kind of just some of the latest news about that Um, You know, it was really kind of just crazy, crazy scenes yesterday. People were taking dumps inside the Supreme Court. Um, Destruction uh, all throughout the building. Um, chance, Chance to overthrow the elected Congress and government. Bolsonaro supporters had set out for the Esplanada dos Ministeros late morning from the Army headquarters, where a protest camp against the October 30th election result had been held in recent weeks. On social media, videos showed destruction to the interior and exterior of the SDF building. Uh, Lula, meanwhile, had spent the day in Aracara, the interior city of Sao Paulo, assessing the emergency situation and damage caused by rain. So it was already uh, flawed He was, I think, visiting it there in Sao Paulo. At a press conference, uh, the president remarked on a lack of security and incompetence of the military police of the federal district and said those responsible will be found and punished. It is necessary that these punished p- these people are punished. In an exemplary way, these people are punished in such a way that nobody will ever dare to wear a national flag on their back or the shirt of the Brazilian national team in order to pretend to be a nationalist, adding that all of this will be investigated very, very hard and very, very quickly. Lula also speculated that um, among those who supported the actions in Brazil are illegal miners, illegal loggers, and agribusiness interests, people who really benefited from Bolsonaro, especially with the work of the uh, the Amazon uh, in the Amazon rainforest, where they were really, really profiting off of him, just giving them free reign of the world's lungs. Um, in a tweet from the Landless Workers' Movement national leader, um, Joao Paulo Rodriguez called the situation in Brasilia serious and said the popular movements and unions will meet Monday to make an assessment and take political directions on the crisis caused by the coup d'état. So they, yeah, it seems to be kind of relatively, you know, just kind of walked in, broke some pla- things, but the nature of the police and how they let that happen I think would is incredibly incredibly important and definitely something to really look look into to say the least all right that's all the time we got for you guys today um and we will be back tomorrow